Welcome to Hyphen Nation. On this episode, I'll be talking kind of in depth about the terror attacks on September 11th, 2001. If that triggers you in any way, um, obviously it was a great tragedy or an attack on U.S. soil. If that bothers you, please don't listen to this episode. Or you can skip to the wrestling part where I talk about WWE picks for Clash of Champions. Uh, but I do want to let you know now that some sensitive subjects are touched on, and I just kind of let it fly. So I do want to let you know before you get into it, what you're getting into. Thanks. Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast, Hyphen Nation. I'm your host, Kellen Conley. And uh, how's everybody doing out there? I don't say dates anymore, but today is September 11th, 2019. And it's the first time I've actually <laughs> recorded this close to the anniversary that I recall, um, especially by myself, because I know last year the Mac Miller episode with Marcus was released a few days after the anniversary, and, you know, uh, we were talking about Mac, so, but it's my first time recording solo this close to the anniversary, because I checked. 2016 wasn't close, 2017 wasn't close, last year we did the Mac Miller episode, and then here we are now, 2019. Um, I want to get into that topic in one second. Just want to say it's a beautiful day here in Morgantown. It's 75 degrees. It's been in the 90s. Fake summer is showing out. It's here for fake summer, everybody. It's supposed to be cloudy and a little sunny and chance of rain later. I only know this because, again, Aaliyah asked me the weather. So there you go for all our people waiting for that Morgantown weather report. I went into the mall this morning to use facilities, and I can safely report there were no incidents. <laughs> Nothing weird happened this morning. This episode is brought to you by Basic Bitch. B hyphen. I mean, uh, pumpkin spice coffee from get go, and uh, pumpkin spice creamer as well. So I am, I am basic Kellen today. Um. I tried to start recording this the other day and I got about 15 minutes in and I was like, this shit's terrible. I'm getting rid of it. And now I kind of feel like it was for good reason. Because I I didn't I didn't realize I mean, not that I didn't know it wasn't coming up but I mean, I kind of feel like this is something that I, I need to address on the pod. But before I do... The Raiders release Antonio Brown, as y'all read in the show notes on Sunday, as the world watched on Saturday. He got fined. He lost his guaranteed money when it was released. The Raiders released him. They signed with the Patriots by, or announced his deal with the Patriots, and he signed with the Patriots on Monday. Now, 
And even crazier news, he's allegedly, he's allegedly being accused of rape by a former trainer just two days, one day, after the ink was drying on his Patriots contract. I don't know where this goes from here, but you know that. You know that. I do not stand for any kind of non-consensual conduct on anyone's part. <sighs> okay, Aziz is weird because like I said, it was more like a bad date. and I, I, I still haven't watched the special and I know he went into it. But I don't know how I stand on Aziz, but I still want Master Master Nun Season 3. You know that I take a strong stance against anything like that. Anybody, any man, any woman who crosses that line, they're not cool with me. Obviously, he's been accused. There's been no charges. There hasn't been anything. But I'm anxious to see what happens next. For those of you who are interested in hearing my views even more on Antonio Brown past what you heard on 114 and what I just said now uh, you can watch Browns in Our Blood uh, season 3 episode 3 it just went live yesterday uh, we had Alex Wiederspiel on who's a longtime friend of mine he, he's a Jets fan so had Eric and Anthony the Browns fans me the Raiders fan and then I had the Jets fan oh and by the way the Raiders got a better record than both y'all's teams <laughs> y'all ain't gonna listen to the same one but uh, if you want to hear me go in on the Raiders and Antonio Brown and that whole situation and have and because he just had to bring it up. Like, I want to know what you think about Antonio Brown. Uh, feel free to uh, check out that, that episode. It is live on YouTube right now, as well as um I uh, got a random snap from a friend. She's like, I want to send you that. And I was like, okay, cool. It was just a face pic. Just a selfie. Um, yeah. Lost my train of thought. If you want to hear more of my thoughts on Antonio Brown and hear a debate between me, Anthony, and Alex and E about Antonio Brown and uh, what players can do and can't do, please check out Browns on Our Blood. It's available now. And it's brought to you, like I said, by Muscle and Sound Vision. But also, just like this podcast, is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, a Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people. HyphenPodcastGroup.com. Hyphen Nation is also brought to you by Mark Robb, written by my semi-regular co-host, Marcus Show and Mad Love Robinson. That's the M-A-R-C-R-O-B.wordpress.com. For all his great writing, check it out. He has a piece about Jay-Z and the NFL that went up last week, which we talked about on 113. And then he just dropped a smaller piece about how he's pretty much giving up being a fan of the uh, Washington American Football Club. Ball Club. Or wait, is that what I call it? The Washington American Football Club. That's what I call it. How he has now completely broke it away from them and may never ever return again so that's also a good read so make sure you check it out my dude now the remedies of this and that say crisscross ain't coming off flat so all you suckers that don't know check it out uh yeah today ironically enough 
is the 18th anniversary of 9-11, of September 11th. And this truck is really testing my patience. I'm recording the world's greatest podcast over here. Barack Obama approved. And you're over there. Today's the anniversary, 18th anniversary of September 11th. Obviously, there's been a lot of these anniversaries. And what really triggered this for me to talk about it on the pod is Angel had, uh, was getting ready to, was obviously, as she's always doing, preparing for something for school. And she showed me this video. And it's my first recommendation. I'll tell you now, it is not, it's, I'll tell you now. It's not something that you can take lately. It's literally, the video on YouTube is called September 11th Has It Happened, a definitive live news montage. And I'm just going to read the, read the uh, description. Uh, it was uh, posted five years ago on October 5th. It'll be five years. The events of September 11, 2001 arranged into a news narrative as they unfolded live on CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, ABC News, CBS News, NBC News, BBC, and Sky News. Also included are notable experts from the FAA and NORAD audio tapes, a 911 call to a New York City dispatcher, and a portion of the recording um, from United Airlines Flight 93's cockpit voice recorder. Due to the editing process, some video clips may not represent the chron- correct chron- chronological order. Warning. The news narrative, this news narrative is primarily meant to be informative. However, some viewers may find this content disturbing. Disturbing, therefore, viewer discretion is advised. May all the victims rest in peace. So, Oh, I didn't know I was recording. Hi there. Didn't mean to interrupt the great hyphen podcast show you're currently listening to. My name is Eduardo Garfield the Bird Esquire. You can call me EG. I'm the host of the number one concert review podcast in the world. It's called Catch the Show. And also a member of the incredible Hyphen Podcast group, a collective of podcasters who like to give their takes on the main things going on from life to entertainment. And my show is me giving my opinion on some of the highest tours and shows from Beyonce to YouTube. See, I go to a lot of concerts and have gone to a lot of concerts, so it makes sense I have a podcast reviewing concerts and talking about the latest in music-related pop culture. So go listen to my podcast, catch the show on hyphenpodcastgroup.com or anywhere where podcasts can be heard so you can catch the show. Get because that's the name of the title. All right, now back to the show you were listening to. She's trying. She's telling me that on her Chromebook, her school uh, laptop, they block YouTube, uh, so that, and I guess it applies to teachers and kids, so that kids aren't on there watching my man uh, Rad Brad do Days Gone videos, which they all should be doing, and y'all should be doing too. Uh, so she was doing her thing to uh, download the video and get it uploaded to something she could use at school, and she showed me the this video. And truth be told. I didn't, I didn't see a lot of the news coverage as this, uh, as these things were happening. I didn't see a lot of it. 
Um, so watching all these news broadcasts from all these major networks and around the world and then seeing like there's this one dude I don't know what his name was I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my podcast 101 on real quick just to see if I can because I was curious so let's see too quiet you quiet how about too quiet September 11th comment I don't even know if, uh, cause it was just, uh, oh, here we go, here we go. Uh, here, let me play this for y'all. ...and cowardly strike on the United States. Terrorists and mighty skies on America. 2001. California, where the news is being made on this... Where? What? Who said it? In the sub... Yeah. Talk about podcast and one on one. Anyway, that worked out really well. Uh, let me unplug it. Anyway, there's this one newscaster, and I guess what I, I could do to save us all a bunch of time. How how far into recording is this? I'll get it. It's like 11 minutes, and there'll be weird stops and stuff. All right, so. Listen to my man. Good morning, America. I'm Charles Gibson. I'm Diane Sawyer, and it's Tuesday, September 11th, 2001. It is lunchtime in London, 5 a.m. Oh, would you? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Washington, huh? I'm going outside today. Other than that, it's kind of quiet around the country. We like quiet. It's quiet. It's too quiet. Yeah. Yeah, that was on the early show. The day of these towers. Where my man and I, I, I recognize him, but I don't know who he is. Um, he was he's the black dude from like CBS, CBS black dude. <laughs> uh, just I was just looking at it. Come on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm gonna... Oh, would you look at Washington, huh? I'm, I'm going, going outside today. today. Other than that, it's kind of quiet around the. Country. Yeah, black. I'm gonna put black guy early show. <laughs> CBS black guy early show let's see what comes up we like um 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 no that's uh this will be interesting all right here let me just do this cbs early show cast there we go Now, no, not not the morning news. In the early show, okay. So, hold on, we're gonna get it. Notable on air staff, okay. Let's see. Ah, anyway, shit, that like completely failed. Anyway, as y'all heard. My man said, it's quiet. We like quiet. It's a little too quiet. Trucks still make a bunch of noise. I'm hot. Let me reset that. So I'm watching these newscasts. And I, I like I said, I had never watched any of them real time, so to speak. So... Like, very early morning, it's like, oh, it's a beautiful September 11th day, and uh, there's 
uh, one from CBS where the girl's like, oh, it's beautiful outside. I'm going outside today. And then right after that, um, dude from what was formerly CBS, the early show, comes on. And he's like, oh, it's a very quiet day. Uh, uh, his September 11th. Uh, uh, we like quiet. But then he goes, it's a little too quiet. And now, he had no idea. No idea what he was saying. And how big of a thing this would actually end up being. But... As we all know, both of the World Trade Center towers got struck by planes. The Pentagon got hit by a plane. And there was a fourth plane which was on its way to the White House that went down in Somerset County in Pennsylvania. And just so I make sure I'm right, Podcast 101... Let's see. Yeah, four airliners, two of the planes hit the Trade Center, and then third plane hit the Pentagon, and the fourth plane was headed, uh, was being flown towards D.C., but it crashed in Stony Creek Township named near Shanksville, Pennsylvania, or Somerset County. Watching this literally unfold on TV, like, this is what my parents were watching, essentially, because they were... Oh shit, my dad was still working. I don't even know if... I'm guessing my dad was at work. It was a Tuesday morning. My mom was probably at home. And I mean, I was in my first... Barely in my first month of college in Kaiser. And... Like, they're watching these events unfold. It's unnerving. Because literally there's not that much footage of the first tower being hit but they they had a clip of it and literally you see this there's someone had the camera and all of a sudden you see this boom run into the plane and then the, even worse is the second hit because and again apologies to anybody who's triggered by this apologies apologies i know this is a very heavy subject and it's something that like like i said for me who had no direct who was not affected by the tragedy other than it being the biggest a tragedy that's ever happened in uh, like on U.S. soil in my life and in a lot of Americans' uh, lives. Like other than that, I didn't lose anyone from this thing. There are people who are there are names that's going to be read at the Pentagon and at the trade centers and at Somerset because they, they literally. They read every single victim's name every year. Those people will never come back. Like one of the uh, executive producers, creators of Frasier, which I'm, I'm kind of getting back into and watching again. He was on one of those planes and he was killed in 2001. And just to, I know it said that it wasn't completely in order, but just to watch the complete shock and everybody trying to figure out what happened, like, uh, oh, well, something else, uh, uh, how did how did a plane fly into the trade center? That's so weird. And and everybody everybody's like in shock because obviously a giant freaking plane just flew into the World Trade Center tower. And everybody's like, oh, my God. But everybody's like still like, OK, this could just be an accident. Let's not overplay our hand and think the worst, you know? But it was one of the most (sighs) 
these attacks, other than, and thank God, other than United 93 not making its trip to where it was supposed to go, these attacks were so well coordinated. America was literally caught with its pants down. And I'm just going to say it, humping the maid. And they didn't hear the wife coming in. That's that's what America was when the terrorist attacks came 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 in. When these ha- these attacks were happening, it went Tower One, Tower Two, a bomb went off at the Pentagon, and then all these other bombs are going off too because there was like there was a bomb here and a bomb there, and it's all and the news report and everything. Not everything was related, but it was freaking scary, Tom. Okay, so. You take that time, and here is this 18-year-old kid who's in West Virginia, has been in West Virginia at this point for nine years. Um, yeah, good math. I did good math for nine years, ever since he was nine. And he, he's in Kaiser. First time he's been away from home in his life. And he's literally sitting in his music class because he's always wanted to be a music major. And his teacher, Dr. John Hawkins, God bless his soul, God bless the dead, is teaching us about music theory or the other theory. And he's like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing or if this is right. I wanted to learn about music because I love music, but I don't know if I want to, if this is, if music theory and all this is what I truly want to do, you know? So there I am in my small group of other music majors. There's about six or six of us, I'm going to say. And then what had happened was Angel's cousin, who was super duper heavy on her journalism shit, came bursting into the room. And she's like, a plane just flew into the World Trade Center. And we're all like, nah. Like, what are you talking about? Because I think my class was at, I feel like it was an 850 class at Church McKee Yard Center in Kaiser, West Virginia, Potomac State University. And I feel like it was maybe about 920, 930. Because I don't remember, the, like, because if you had an 850 class, it didn't run for a full hour. I think you got out of there about. I think you're supposed to get out 930 or something like that. Because my next class was like off campus, but it was like a short walk downtown to um, the old high school, the old Kaiser High School. And she had the World Trade Center just got hit and nobody knows what's going on. And we're all kind of like in shock and we were wrapping up class anyway. So from what I recall, we kind of broke off and headed back to um, our next thing. And we were kind of like, wow, this like what's going on? And you didn't feel like even walking through campus and I don't remember if I caught a ride with my friend J.O. on the way down or if I um, walked down that day but it was like some kind of media class that had access to we had access to internet um, so we literally walked in that class and got on our computers and MSN, like MSN was like one of the first things that came up and all you're seeing is like by then the second plane had hit and then we we knew for sure that America was under attack. So I recall not having class that day. I don't think he, I think we did end up getting out early that class, but 
yeah, uh, we were just kind of watching events unfold and seeing more news come across. And I just remember as soon as I got out of that class and got back up to campus, I tried to call home and our phones are busy. All the phones on campus were not working. I swear to goodness. We know we're under some kind of attack. We know there's been three planes that hit at this point. And we couldn't call home. Now, eventually, obviously, I, we were able to... I was able to get a hold of my parents later in the afternoon. Something that went... I mean, obviously, America was under attack. If a phone line goes down, that's understandable. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it was a it was a very scary time, and seeing those events unfold real time again like that for the first time ever. Because Angel told me last night, she's like, "I saw the second plane hit on the news." I, uh, she said, "I was in my what did she say? She was in her psychology class, maybe." Hey, the truck's going. Stop sweating. Just like I saw that plane hit, and I was like, I, I. As many times as I've seen images and I watched Fahrenheit, and Fahrenheit not was it called Fahrenheit 9/11? Whatever that Michael Moore movie was. And as many times as I've seen pictures and people jumping, and the fires and the smoke. I think I may have purposely stayed away from honestly watching those towers come down because it's it's very disturbing and I don't even know if there's Pentagon footage I, I mean I'm not gonna look for it right now but you know it's just truly insane that something like this happened to us even now like and I know that there there was heightened patriotism back then of course it's like oh we all banded together and it wasn't it was probably one of the most one of the times in my lifetime where I felt like America Americans really stood strong together and that that lasted for at least through most until 2003 I felt like it was always at the end of the day it's like hey we're all Americans and to look at how broken and apart we are as Americans now because of politics and different things that's going on it's insane to think of a time where this tragedy bonded us and still bonds us to this day and it's insane how many people have Forgotten, Like, Aaliyah is going to learn about this in school, eventually. And to her, it's going to be like Pearl Harbor. Because, like, Pearl Harbor happened in 41. I didn't learn about Pearl Harbor until, what, second, third grade? Something like that. So that's like, second grade is like your seven. So, like, that's like 90, 91. Like, these are things that happen way, 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 way in the past. And I never even thought for once I should care about them. But this is, and I've heard people say this is our Pearl Harbor. No, this isn't our Pearl Harbor. This is, this is the greatest tragedy 
ever because Pearl Harbor was still Hawaii. And I don't know what people's processes are with grieving about this or even dealing with this or September 11th has just become a day for them. And like I said, if you weren't coherent enough in 2001, you don't understand what happened. Like, let's be honest. Nikki was 11. Christian was... Nikki was almost almost 12. Christian turned 11 that year they're elementary school kids and I'm sure that they remember it but I don't know if it had the same effect like to be high school age or college age or an adult watching this it was probably one of the scariest moments we ever had in our entire lives and I always held that date to me because honestly I'll tell you right now these attacks were a huge reason that I wanted to get into journalism why I started writing for the college newspaper um, at Potomac State and why I started why I started um, changing my major to journalism and then ultimately why I always stayed in the broadcast field and along with me wanting to always be a radio DJ, why I joined the, the, the um, college radio station. And then here I am podcasting. This is still part of the journalism broadcasting field. I'm, these affect, like I, not that I wanted to be a part of the action, but for all those brave people on the ground, the firefighters, the police officers, the first responders who were there, when this tragedy struck just as important were those people watching America crumble and like look like a little bitch and then having a report on it my man from CNN from this video was literally standing on the roof 30 blocks away as these buildings just burned and do you think he wanted to go up there? He, he realized that there's two ginormous planes had ran into these giant towers and had already killed and injured how many thousands of people, hurt hundreds of thousands of people. And then to watch him fall and then still come on the news and be like, steal your nerves and tell the people what they need to know. Like in this age of fake news and and the media want you to know what they want you to know yeah that narrative's out there people will always hear what they want to hear but when you get down to the true facts and the news and everything about that I could honestly say if I literally worked at a small ass town and worked for a newspaper that paid me enough to provide for my family, I'd probably be fucking content. September 11th is a lot to do with the reason I am who I am today. It made me want to be a journalism and ultimately a broadcaster and a podcaster. But then it also made me realize how valuable life is. I don't think I realized that as an 18 year old and there's times that I probably didn't think I was I probably didn't remember this in my 20s and even early 30s or even yesterday 
But the thing about 9-11, to wrap this up, we should never forget. Because like I always say, you never know when it's your time to go. Those people went to work on September 11, 2001, and they never got to go home. And I'll just end this by saying, God bless each and every one of them. I'm glad that as for as crazy as all the rules that we've made recently and like in the last 18 years to kind of cope and make sure this never happens again. I'm glad to be an American this day. Fourth of July and today are my most important the days I feel most American. All the other shit aside, the kneeling, the social injustice, like, I feel most American on 4th of July, on September 11th, because I remember, because 4th of July is obviously our birthday, and then September 11th is the worst day in our history, and I lived through that. So, God bless the dead, ma'am. Take some time, I know you'll hear this probably tomorrow, but take some time to... Just, I don't know, just, I don't know, if you don't know about it, if you, not, if you kind of, I don't know, cope however you cope, just remember that life's too short though, life's short man. You see it out of the corner of your eye, at the end of an alleyway that didn't exist before. The light seems to flicker and threatens to sputter out. It's a theater, and there's only one film playing. You don't recognize the title, although it stirs something in your mind. Welcome to the Mirage, the theater of movies that do not exist. Cinematic Mirage is a podcast exclusive to the Domicile of Dread Patreon about films that were greenlit that never made it to the silver screen. Join Thomas DJ as he explores how the projects came together, why they stopped production, and what they may have been about. It's free to all patrons at the $5 a month level or more. To learn more and to sign up, go to patreon.com slash DJ's Domicile of Dread. Cinematic Mirage. A seat's waiting for you. So I tried to put everything in a nice little bow to end my thoughts about 9-11, but full disclosure, uh, this is the second part of the pod that I'm recording, just hours later after the first part, and I had mentioned how September 11th had a lot to do with why I got into journalism and everything. Let me quickly tell y'all about uh, probably my most memorable moment other than the actual attacks themselves in 2001. By 2002, a year later, I'd returned to Potomac State College and was a full-time journalism student. I, by this point, I'm pretty sure I'd been chosen as co-editor-in-chief of the school newspaper. Uh, and we put out, like, an October issue. We had put out, like, an August, a September issue. Well, I'm trying to think. I think we had put out one issue before this one, before the second one. And the second one was literally 
dealing with the one year anniversary of these attacks and it was it was a crazy day because the issue obviously came out after September 11th but that day on campus I mean we all attended our classes as we were supposed to nothing was canceled but you know it was, it was just a sense of united grief in the air because again a year ago we had all been more naive and now we were as awake as we had ever been in a post 9-11 world so there had been they had planned on the quad like a, a little memorial service and the flags were all at a half mass of course to honor the victims and it was just such a beautiful sight to see everybody on that campus coming together over this hor- over the horrific events that happened and I don't know if I still have it but I had written a piece about just my experiences that happened that day and at the newsroom you could literally open the windows and go out on this like catwalk that like uh, was part of the front of the building and, and you know I used to go out there sometimes just just because but on this day I remember specifically taking one of the newsroom cameras it was just a digital camera and a digital camera that had a floppy disk in it wrap your head around that um, and shooting the scene on on the quad from up there and I think one of my pictures was used as the main uh, photo for the front of the paper so I remember that and then the only other crazy not only other crazy thing but the only other memory I wanted to share was in 2002 of course I was uh, 2001 I was in my first year of school again and I had started in 2000 in October 2000 and in April 2001 I had started a Marvel and DC fan fiction group respectively and over that time frame I had gotten close with this group of writers that were creating for these sites and I just remember and the messages are still up today remember uh, sending out messages asking if everybody was okay and how everybody was coping with things and feeling because I remember going to the library on campus and sitting down in front of the computer and being able to talk to my writer buddies about what was going on make sure everybody was safe and nobody had lost anything and I knew Eric was in Eric Frome was in Buffalo at the time still is in Buffalo and I didn't know if he had any family in the city or anybody had anybody in DC so it was a very scary time that day and again it's just something I'll never forget next topic appreciate y'all listening to me talk about that I don't know what I did but my water was suddenly under pressure so sometimes listening to the show Derek Wright says to me when he appeared at my job eh, less than a month ago hey man will you ever do some more wrestling stuff and full disclosure I haven't been doing any wrestling stuff for a reason reason being 
Last time I did was episode 91, which was the bit the episode where I talked about Kofi Kingston winning the WWE Championship. Now, according to my stats, that episode has gotten the least amount of plays outside of the newer episodes I've released of 2019. It's literally sitting at like 18, 19 plays according to Anchor. While all my other episodes from that time frame are in the 20s or steadily growing over time. Other than my recent run of shows, which are all in the single digits or uh, the tens or the fifth, you know, double digits but below twenty. It's literally been my worst show, and I don't think there's anything wrong with the pod, but I I don't know. People didn't seem to respond to the wrestling talk. So, for that reason, and knowing that, I have subconsciously been staying away from WWE. Also, a lot of what had to do with with the things that occurred since WrestleMania, with a lot of the roster being flipped over, and then the uh, Superstar Shakeup occurring, and then Raw and SmackDown just being extremely hard to watch over recent weeks, or not even recent weeks, the first few months after WrestleMania 35 ended. I, I had no desire to say anything because I knew I was just going to come on here and talk shit. There's actually an episode of a podcast called Fresh where I did that very thing and got on with maps. And I was talking shit about them, about WWE and creative making light and making it storyline that Becky and Seth were an item. And ultimately now Becky and Seth are engaged. And I didn't agree with that decision then. And I... St- Still don't love it, but I feel like it weakened both of their characters. But here we are. Seth is now a two-time WWE Universal Championship. Becky has since lost the SmackDown Women's Championship to Charlotte Flair, but it's now being held by Bailey. So Paul Heyman's been doing a lot of good work on Raw. Raw is the most entertaining that it has been in a long time, and it's even pre-WrestleMania. I'm if I had the time, I would totally sit down and watch an episode of Raw from start to finish every week. But normally, I'm not tuning in until 9 30, 9 45. And that depends on what else I got going on. Um, so, and then SmackDown, I, I enjoy SmackDown. Um, the whole, I'm not sure what's going on with Bischoff because Bischoff's supposed to be in charge of that show. And. Each week I read Cage Side, she- Cage Side Seats, shout out to them. They're saying that Vince redid the whole show right before they went live. So I'm not sure what SmackDown's doing. They're literally treading water until Fox, um, SmackDown on Fox becomes a thing. Going throughout a couple hot takes, though. I was reading how Fox wants a, a, a lie. They want a WWE-centric SmackDown show, like a studio show, kind of like they do for all their sports, and it's supposed to be helmed by Renee Young. That means that Renee Young will be coming off commentary um, on Raw, which means there's going to be a hole there. And then also, I saw that Corey Graves would not be proceeding with being on both shows. And this goes hand-in-hand with some news that Phil Brooks' agent reached out to Fox about 
doing being a, about CM Punk being a commentator on Fox's wrestling on Fox's wrestling programming and it also goes hand in hand with the fact that it's Starcast before All Out when asked if CM Punk would talk to WWE at this point 5 years later Punk responded with he would take a call of course he's saying those people would have to be Vince or Triple H but he would take a call and he would listen I'm going to put it out there that while he may not return to the ring per se CM Punk may be coming back on commentary do not be surprised to see him come back to WWE as a commentator for Fox because apparently if Fox makes a decision it will be he will work for Fox and then essentially that will just be a partnership between Fox and WWE in order for him to call SmackDown. So we shall see whether or not that means he gets back in the ring. I'm going to go with less likely. But I'm going to say for the first time in five years, I kind of am optimistic about the idea of CM Punk working with WWE in some fashion. So let me throw that out here. So Clash of Champions is this weekend. Okay? It is Sunday. Now, of course, I know that by the time... Uh, but, like... Of course, I know on Sunday you're going to be really busy listening to Hyphenation 116, as you should be. Knock on wood. I'm going to knock on this fake wood on my door, hoping that 116 happens as planned. There's there's no guests. This is literally, I got to take time to record it. And I didn't record on Monday because, like I said, it was trash. And then I realized that the reason, and I feel like it happened for a reason, because I got to sit there, sit here and talk about September 11th for the first time on the podcast. So... I want to talk about Clash of Champions. When you're done with Hyphenation 116, or you can watch it during Clash of Champions, uh, you can listen to it while you watch Clash of Champions and just put Clash of Champions on mute. Watch the action and listen to me. Listen to the action for me and then watch Clash of Champions same time. I'm okay with multitasking. Okay? So, we're going to run down the card. I know what's going on. I am, I am probably the most aware of the storylines that I have been in a while. Uh, they did move the uh, King of the Ring final to uh, it will take place on Raw this coming Monday. It will not be on the Clash of Champions card. That final will consist of Baron Corbin and now Shane not Shane McMahon, I'm sorry. And now um, Chad Gable. Chad Gable and Braun shit. Baron Corbin and Chad Gable will be facing off in the King of the Ring finale. Elias got air quotes injured and could not take place in his semifinal match against Gable last night on SmackDown. Shane McMahon replaced him, and then he made Kevin Owens a special guest referee. Gable beat Shane immediately. Shane made it a best out of uh, best uh, two out of three falls match. Gable still won. Then he promptly fired Kevin Owens. And now there's speculation that Owens is going back to NXT, which I would love because I've been saying for years that main roster dudes should be able to go back to NXT. Not everybody, but obviously you see it's working for the Fashion Police. They went back to uh, Fashion Police. They went back to NXT and they're um, they're getting some time down there. There's nothing wrong with some people being able to go back. Because NXT is now going to be a viable live brand on USA, just like SmackDown and Raw. So now it makes perfect sense for Owens to go back there. So that'll happen on Monday. So don't be surprised when 
King of Ring final doesn't happen on Clash of Champions. I'm just going to run down the card real quick. This is not in any particular order. This is just how... Uh, this is just how... It's laid out on Wikipedia. There may be other matches that are added, of course. We're only midweek, and the show is Sunday. There's going to be pre-show. So who knows what else will happen. But real quick, let's see here. WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Bayley, who is your champ, versus Charlotte Flair, who Bayley uh, cashed in on with her Money in the Bank briefcase to win the championship belt. This is the first time that these two are clashing since... Uh, she lost the belt, I believe, uh, because when uh, the McMahons and uh, Hunter came back in, what was it, late fall, early winter last year and said, we're changing the rules and there's no more automatic rematches. They've been, they've been sticking to that. There hasn't been any more automatic rematches. But now Charlotte gets a rematch against Bailey. Bailey kind of half-turned heel with Sasha coming back as a full-on heel, which I've loved Sasha getting to come back as a heel, and I'm glad that Sasha came back. Um, I didn't think she was leaving. Uh, it was close there at the beginning, but I believe that she um, actually just kind of stood her ground and, realized, and made WWE realize her worth versus them not using her until her contract runs out. So, Bailey hit... Uh, I think she hit... Did she hit... Charlotte with a chair. She definitely had uh, Becky with a chair a few times with Sasha. And then ba ba Bailey also said, I'm not a heel. Yada, yada, yada. So she's not going full heel. She's just kind of done some heelish things. She's a, she's at best a facey tweener right now. So that's what we're looking at. So as my paper blows, man, 92 degrees, Morgantown Weather Report. And the wind is just whipping at this poor air freshener I have that doesn't even work anymore in a car. So, Bailey versus Flair. Uh, I feel like Bailey has more to gain by remaining the champion. It's also just a regular singles match. So DQ is involved. I could easily see there being some kind of shenanigans that ultimately ends in a disqualification and Bailey retaining the championship. So I'm going with Bailey here. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, your Raw Tag Team Champions. That's right. They did They did the whole how can these superstars coexist thing and then made them Tag Team Champions. And because I remember they did that with Cena and Batista back in uh, 2008. And of course, like Cena and Batista were champs on Raw for a while, but then they lost it right before their big showdown for the championship belt uh, before the pay-per-view. But this is actually going to the pay-per-view. And we literally have... Uh, Braun and Rollins versus a renewed and, re and revigored Robert Roode or Bobby Roode or one half of Beer Money Inc. Uh, and Dolph Ziggler who's also coming off of that horrible it should have been me thing against Kofi and now him and Roode their chemistry was instantaneous and now you got the team the two wrestlers that seem like they're a great tag team versus the two put together wrestlers who are a great tag team because of what they are able to do individually and the fact that they're both getting along as faces. They're not going to want to run this gimmick with them having having these belts forever. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to give Rude and Ziggler to rub now, see what they can do as champions, because it's important for, uh, with all their tag team 
work that uh, Creative has been doing. They're trying to make sure that the tag teams stay relevant. The Usos will be back soon. I think the Usos are still on SmackDown. But uh, the main thing is you want to have strong tag teams. Rude and Ziggler are a strong, real tag team. Seth and Braun have nothing to gain outside of a few uh, storylines as tag team partners. So... Rude and Ziggler win here. They have Rollins and Strowman for the WWE Universal Championship, which I'm interested to see how they place this on the card. Obviously, you would think this might be the, the um, main event, uh, which would make sense to have maybe Seth and Braun go first on Sunday and then come back to Rollins and Strowman later. Um, so Rollins just got the belt back from, from uh, Brock after he cashed in his uh, Money in the Bank opportunity and I don't I don't think they they're really trying to push this whole narrative of Seth as the new face of the company, the new John Cena. I mean a man's beat Brock twice cleanly. Well a few nut shots the first time. Uh cleanly twice in less than in less than eight months. So they're they want to push him as the face. They're not planning on changing his character, his direction or anything. Um, Braun is big show territory where he's happy one day and mad the next. He's been happy lately. But you can always have the animosity happen uh, when uh, Braun realizes that, uh, like, they lost a match. Like, he blames Seth for losing the, the tag belts. And then Braun can go into his angry bag. I see Seth winning this. Kofi versus Randy Orton. Singles match for WWE Championship. I thought there was a stipulation on this. Um, especially after it ended in DQ last time. Um, I may be wrong, but normally they'll list if there is some kind of stipulation. I'm not going to podcast when I want it, but I got to say this on here. I've said it before. I've not said it on the podcast. As happy as I am that Kofi is the first black WWE champion, the first black WWE champion, first guy that looks like me, all those things I've been clamoring for all these years ago, all these years his run has been underwhelming at best. It's very CM Punkish because he has not been in the main event. Um, he's constantly been like the B story, just like when Punk was the WWE champion. Um, of course, Kingston has been a gamer. He's been great, just like Punk. Um, but the popularity is not there that was there with Punk because Punk was red hot coming off of the pipe bomb in the summer of punk and Kofi is right red hot after Kofi mania but all of that has kind of died down he still has support but his run has been underwhelming and I kind of expected it to be but I don't think Randy Orton's the one to end it I thought if you're going to do it they would have done it at SummerSlam so I think Kingston retains here uh Cruiserweight champion Drew Gulak, who is the champ, versus Umberto Carrillo and Lance Dorado. I'm going with Gulak. I don't know the other two dudes. Uh, tag Team Championship, uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship. We got the New Day defending against the Revival. Of course, the Revival has teamed up to become the new legacy for Randy Orton in recent weeks against the New Day. So this is like the other half of the Kingston-Orton angle. Um, I don't see anything where... Uh, the revival hat the the rival has anything to gain by winning right here. It won't hurt them to lose, and also feel like they want to keep the belts on the new day in case they do pull the, a championship off Kofi. Then they can immediately, um, whenever they move Kofi out of the title picture, if New Day still has the belts, they can immediately free bird it 
and have Kofi uh, competing again in the tag team picture without, um, you know, without losing too much face, you know, so for Kofi to go from champion to not having anything to do other than toss pancakes. Now he's a champion and he gets to toss pancakes. Shinsuke Nakamura versus The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. You already know I'm a big Miz fan. Shinsuke has had a... He's kind of had a little, a small push back into the um, the front of our minds with him working with Sami Zayn, who's not on this card unless he ends up on the pre-show. Um, yeah, he's moved back to the forefront in our minds as far as, let me try to put this phone down gently here. Okay. Yeah, he's moved back to the forefront as far as visibility on television, uh, working with Sami Zayn. The Miz is in face mode, which I don't hate, but we all love heel Miz. And honestly, it's been a minute since Miz had the uh, Intercontinental Championship, I believe. Uh, somebody correct me on that because I'm not podcasting 101 on it. So I got the Miz one in that. Becky versus Sasha. Again, you already know I'm taking Sasha. Time for the belt to come off the man. She finally has a strong heel on her brand that I think, well, is Sasha on Raw or Sasha on SmackDown? I don't even remember anymore. But she, But the thing is, they finally have a strong heel for Becky to, to go against because Becky is as tweener as it gets. She She's more of a heel, but obviously she's being cheered as a face and being pushed as a face by creative. So she finally has that strong heel. Um, I would just go ahead and have Sasha win on Sunday, have Becky chase the heel, and just raking the dollars from there. Uh, Roman Reigns is taking on Eric Rowan, who took responsibility for those attacks on him. Um, this would be a good spot for Ro Rowan to um, either just beat Roman's ass the whole time, <laughs> or it would be a good spot for, um, uh, I don't know. I don't think they want Rowan to pin him cleanly, but it's either have him look strong and then lose because Roman is Roman, but just make him look strong throughout the match or go for a DQ because I, I hear that Daniel Bryan and Roman is still ultimately where they want to go. Uh, Bryan is in a weird spot right now because he's a heel, but of course Roman turned on him too. So he could be seen as maybe getting some face points back. I'm going to go with the the bet that makes the most sense to me and say Roman wins, but I would like to see Rowan somehow come out stronger than this because Rowan and Luke Harper, who's sitting at home, literally waiting for his contract to end, um, are being grossly underused within uh, the company. And I've always been waiting for those Wyatt family members to take off like Braun has and, of course, The Fiend has. Uh, two more quick ones. Uh, Women's Tag Team Championship. Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I think Mandy Rose and Sonya pinned the Tag Team Champs. A few years, a few years ago, a few weeks ago, um, but Alexa and Nikki are a really fun tag team, and they're the right, uh, right ladies to hold the belts after the Iconics had them for so long, and after Becky and Sasha got cut short. So I'm going to say, look for uh, Mandy and Sonya to go ahead and retain to lose that, and Alexa and Nikki to win. And last one, AJ Styles versus Cedric Alexander. Cedric Alexander's being pushed to the moon. AJ's a heel. He's working with their OC now, which, of course, is um, 
the club um, and their names aren't coming to me. I can see their faces, but you know he's been working with the OC. He does not need a championship belt to continue to be a great heel. Um, and it'd be a good spot for Cedric Alexander to get his first win on the main roster, especially if they're toying with the idea of taking the belt off Kofi. So there's my quick picks for Clash of Champions. There you go, Derek. Enjoy those. We'll see what happens Sunday. Maybe, if you're lucky, I'll come back and talk a little bit more wrestling here soon. As long as this podcast doesn't get like less than 10 plays for like months on end. And I'm like, what did I do wrong? Because it's very puzzling. Very puzzling. Charlie Ranchers are good. Hyphen Nation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, a Morgantown, West Virginia-based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people. HyphenPodcastGroup.com Also brought to you by the M-A-R-C-R-O-B.wordpress.com That's Mark Robb, written by my semi-regular co-host, Market Show and Mad Love Robinson. And for those of you interested, my personal website is hyphenuniverse.com you can also catch all the episodes right there right there real quick and easy you can find hyphenation wherever podcasts are platform podcasted it could be on apple itunes it could be on stitcher it could be on spotify it could be on uh, radio public it could be on Google Podcast. It could be on Google Play Podcast. It could be on the TuneIn app. It could be on Pocket Cast. Wherever podcasts are sold, I got you. Okay? And if not, let me know. And if there's a hyphen podcast group show you don't see on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you let me know. And if you want to let me know, or just give me some feedback about the show or anything hyphen podcast group related, uh, you can reach me at bhyphen at gmail.com, at bhyphen on Twitter, facebook.com slash hyphen universe, and the bhyphen on Instagram. If you want to go through hyphen podcast group route, you can go through hyphen podcast group at gmail.com, hyphen podcast group on Facebook, hyphen pod group on Twitter, and hyphen podcast group on Instagram. All those rows lead back to me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, power of positivity is real. Get the negativity out of your life, no matter what it may be, no matter what you have to do, you got to do you. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Try, 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 try to have genuine interactions with people. You never know what the next woman or man is going through and what a few kind words can do for them. You may save their life, you can save someone else's life. You just never know. So try to have genuine interactions with people. Call your mom, hug your dad, punch your sister, dab up your brother, send your uncle a telegram, send your grandmother a Facebook message, send your grandfather a uh, postcard, send your aunt um, a uh, email. Send your, uh, um, send one of your best friends that you haven't talked to in years. Send them a, I don't know, send them an old CD y'all used to listen to. Send them a Facebook message right on their wall. Let people know what they mean to you while they're still here. Obviously, in this episode, spent a lot of time talking about the tragedies that happened on September 11th and how a lot of people are no longer here who went to work that day just saying it was a normal day and they never got to come home 
give people their flowers while they're still here. You may be pissed off at your significant other, your best friend, uh, your coworker. You you may not want to talk to them at all, despise them. But you know what? You shouldn't go to bed mad and you shouldn't leave mad. Because they could get in the car, heaven forbid, car accident. And the last thing, you, you weren't saying anything to them because you were mad at them. Give people their flowers while they're here because, again, you never know when it's your time to go. Words of wisdom for today. Starting over is incredibly difficult. And I say that because I have no experience starting over. Knock on wood. My life has been pretty steady, knock on wood, for 16 years now. But for those out there who have to start new jobs, relationships are ending, they're starting new relationships, they're moving to new places, they're going through changes. Whatever the change may be, starting over is hard. You can ask me, I hate, hate change. I'm the worst at it. It makes me want to curl up in a ball and be depressed and not talk to anybody. When I got transferred at my current job from my old uh, location, my old branch to my new branch, I didn't want to talk to anybody because I kind of felt betrayed by my old branch because I felt like I was too valuable to have to be transferred. But obviously I wasn't. I was valuable enough to be transferred because my services were needed at the branch I'm at now and I ended up staying. But I hated it for a while because I was like, I, I can't believe this. I don't want to be in here. And now I'm... Google Maps says I'm like 12 minutes from home every day. And before I was driving at least, I was looking at least half an hour coming home. Mornings weren't so bad depending on traffic, but normally I had to get around campus. So, yeah. Starting over is hard. My advice to you is as someone who doesn't have to start over very often, uh, my advice to you is just take a deep breath and just take it one step at a time. Rome wasn't built in a day and neither will your next step in life. My father always tells me, well, actually, I think he only just said this to me within the last couple of years. Whenever you're stressed out or upset about anything, you have to literally think to yourself, this is nothing that a deep breath won't fix. It could be several deep breaths. It could be one deep breath. It could be a figurative deep breath. But as long as you assess the situation and take your own version of a deep breath, you should be able to handle anything that's being thrown at you. We're meant to problem solve. Okay? Apologies to Markel Fultz. You're still trash. Two seasons in, still trash. I, um... I'm going to talk about Antonio Brown probably on 116 a little bit more at length because I really want to discuss more about the points I made on Browns in our blood about uh, where the line is for star athletes and 
the Raiders organization, everything. So I might spend some time with that on 116. Maybe we would 117 because this because September 11th came out of nowhere. I I literally struggled to find words to talk about on Monday, and today I came in totally prepared to talk about a list of topics I had come up with, and then. I finished watching that video that it me and Angel started last night, and this became about September 11th. So, to anybody who was directly affected by the terrorist attacks on September 11th, my deepest and sincerest apologies. I don't say thoughts and prayers because they're so cheap, but um, you're in my well, shit. I guess you're in my thoughts. Uh, God bless you. You know. Uh, you know. Um, I do. I, I, hell, you know what? I'm not. I'm not Donald. Thoughts and prayers to all of y'all, because I have no idea what y'all go through on a daily basis. You lost a loved one because of these insane events that happened 18 years ago. I don't know what it's like, and all I can do is tell you I'm truly sorry, and and I hope that you find some kind of peace. To anybody who's like me and experienced the events that day and, re and recollect them. May you look back at it with the same fear and sadness that I do, because I've been messed up all day today. I really haven't wanted to interact. Just, it, it's a lot, because I don't normally deep dive into it for these reasons, because it's, when you really start looking at everything that happened and reliving things, it's not an easy thing to deal with. All of us in our own way has, has a touch of PTSD from these attacks. So, if you're like me and just know, know the ledge about what happened, and I'm not saying conspiracy theories or anything, if you just remember the events that day. Uh, I mean, I'm with you, and that's why I did this episode, so I kind of talk out my thoughts there. And then finally, for those of you who are too young to remember, please, please, please take time to learn about what happened on that day and how big of a disaster this truly was in American history. We can fight all day about Democrats and Republicans and Donald and, and MAGA and all this other stuff, but for that time frame on that day and on this day, we're all Americans, point blank period. Even Colin Kaepernick. And I say that because people are like, oh, he's disrespecting the flag. No, he's, he's, he is protesting police brutality, among other things. He loves America as much as, much, as, much as the next man. So, also, for the lighthearted side of this episode, uh, I will uh, see if I want to come back and talk about the results of Clash of Champions if anything important happens. Derek, you got your wrestling. Picks are inside, ladies and gentlemen. I am approaching the homestead where I'm going to go in and be happy to see my family and have myself a pleasant evening. Drink some more water. I didn't even touch my water. Good job, Kellen. It's going to be really hot tomorrow. Maybe I'll take it in. Appreciate each and every one of y'all that listen to the podcast. Getting charted and other countries in the news entertainment entertainment news category in iTunes so far. Happy to report that. 
comment, subscribe, share, rate, anywhere that you can do it. Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's hyphen again. Nature, Noriega, Wild Gremlins, what? Banned from TV, 1998, N-O-R-E, by Noriega. Go check that out, recommendation. Other recommendation, real quick, is I watched Late Show, or is it Late Shift? I believe it's Late Show. It stars um, uh, Mindy from the Mindy Project. Mindy, that's not right. Shoot. See, that's what happens when I try to do stuff really quickly. Almost driving to a, um, whatchamacallit, a ditch. Hold on, podcasting 101. Late, sh- late show, movie. No, not monologue, movie. Uh, hold on, I got you. Podcasting 101, that's how we ended it. That's not it. <laughs> um, um, um. Mindy Kaling, here we go. Emma Thompson, yeah. Treasure. Wonderful in this role. Emma Thompson plays a talk show host who's being forced out. Mindy Kaling plays the up-and-coming person who's never done comedy in her life who gives her a new look on her show and her comedy and ultimately on her life. It's on Amazon Prime now, which I have. I recommend Late Show. Late Night. Late Night. It was called Late Night. Yeah, watch that. That's my recommendation. One more thing before I get out of here. I'm literally parked. My wife's probably like, what the hell are you doing out there? Before I get off here... Go to at Dart underscore Adams on Twitter. He's probably tweeted probably about a thousand times since he was talking about this. But he had a lot of several, a lot of, he had several interesting tweets about the beef between Another Bad Creation and Chris Cross and Michael Bivens and Dallas Austin and Jermaine Dupree. Very enlightening, especially for me who has no idea what the hell happened back then and who got what. So if you want to look into that, go ahead. I can't find anything on the internet about this story and Dart won't write unless he's getting paid. So somebody wants to pay Dart to write about this story so I can read more, I'm all for it. Appreciate each and every one of y'all. Thanks, y'all. This has been a Hyphen Podcast Network production. They're the bestest. I'm getting paid at exposure.